After reciting the Tashahud, Ta'awud, and Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih, the fifth, may Allah be his helper, stated, Today I will continue mentioning some more details regarding the companions. The first mention is of Hazrat Abu Lubaba bin Abdul Mundir, may Allah be pleased with him. There are some further narrations about him which I will relate. A detailed account has already been mentioned. Allama ibn Abdul Bar writes in his book Al Isti'ab that in relation to the Quranic verse, And there are others who have confessed their faults. They mixed good works with others that are evil. Hazrat Abdullah bin Abbas, may Allah be pleased with him, says that this verse was revealed about Abu Lubaba and seven, eight or nine other individuals. These individuals remained behind on the occasion of the Battle of Tabuk. Later on, they felt ashamed, sought repentance from God and tied themselves to pillars. Their good work was repenting and their evil work was staying behind during jihad. Mujamma' bin Jariya relates that Hazrat Khansa bin Khidam was in the wedlock of Hazrat Unais bin Qatada on the day he was martyred during the Battle of Uhud. Following this, the father of Hazrat Khansa bin Khidam married her to an individual from the tribe of Muzayna. However, she disliked him. Hazrat Khansa went to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and he annulled her nikah, that is the marriage agreement. Thereafter, Hazrat Lubaba married her, and through this wedlock, Hazrat Sa'ib bin Abi Lubaba was born. Abdul Jabbar bin Ward relates that I heard Ibn Abi Mulaika say, Abdullah bin Abi Yazid said that Hazrat Abu Lubaba passed by us. We were with him until he entered his home and we entered inside with him. We saw a person dressed in old and ripped clothes. I heard him say that he heard the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, say, 
whoever does not recite the Holy Qur'an in a melodious manner is not from among us. Then there is mention of Hazrat Abu Dayyah bin Thabit bin Nu'man. In one narration it is mentioned that Abu Dayyah set out for the Battle of Badr alongside the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. However, he wounded his calf by hitting the edge of a rock and turned back as a result. Nevertheless, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, kept a share of the spoils of war of Badr for him. Following this, there is mention of Hazrat Ansar, Mawla, meaning freed slave of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. His appellation was Abu Masruh, and some have stated that it is Abu Misra. Hazrat Ansa, may Allah be pleased with him, was born in Sarah, which is located near Yemen and Abyssinia. With regards to his migration, it is stated that when he migrated towards Medina, he stayed with Hazrat Kulthum bin Al-Hadam. According to some other narrations, he stayed with Hazrat Sa'ad bin Khaythama. Imam Zuhri relates that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, used to permit people to meet him following the Dhuhr prayer. And Hazrat Ansar, may Allah be pleased with him, would seek permission from the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, on their behalf. It was his responsibility to go inside and inform the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, of the visitors. Then there is mention of Hazrat Marthad bin Abi Marthad, may Allah be pleased with him. Imran bin Manah says that when Hazrat Abu Marthad and his son, Hazrat Marthad bin Abi Marthad, migrated to Medina, they stayed at the home of Hazrat Kulthum bin Hadam. Muhammad bin Umar says that he, i.e. Hazrat Marthad bin Abi Marthad, also took part in the Battle of Uhud and was martyred during the incident of Raji'. We also find mention of Hazrat Marthad's son, whose name was Unais bin Marthad al-Ghanawi. He is also called Anas in some places, but we find mention of the name Anis more often. He was with the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, during the victory of Mecca and the Battle of Hunayn. Ibn Hajar, may Allah be pleased with him, states that the martyrdom of Hazrat Marthad took place in the fourth year after Hijrah. Then there is mention of Hazrat Abu Marthad Kannaz bin al Hussein al Ghanawi. May Allah be pleased with him. His actual name was Kannaz. His father's name was Hussein bin Yarbu. There is disagreement in regards to his name. According to some, his name was Kannaz bin Hussein, while according to others, his name was Hussein bin Kannaz. Still, some others also say that his name was Ayman, but the more common narration states that his name was Kannaz bin Hussein. Hazrat Abu Marthad, may Allah be pleased with him, was the same age as Hazrat Hamza, may Allah be pleased with him, and was also his confederate. He was tall and had a thick set of hair. Hazrat Abu Marthad and his son Hazrat Marthad were both fortunate enough to participate in the Battle of Badr. His son Hazrat Marthad was martyred during the incident of Raji. The grandson of Hazrat Abu Marthad whose name was Hazrat Unais bin Marthad, 
was also a companion of the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. He accompanied the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him during the victory of Makkah and the battle of Hunayn. It is mentioned that in Rabi' al-Awwal, in the second year of Hijrah, the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him sent a cavalry contingent consisting of 30 muhajireen to the west of Medina towards the region of Is in Sif al-Bahr under the command of Hazrat Hamza bin Abdul Muttalib, may Allah be pleased with him. Hazrat Hamza, may Allah be pleased with him and his army quickly reached the location and saw the chief of Makkah Abu Jahl with a cavalry of 300 waiting for the Muslims. Both armies began to arrange themselves in rows and the battle was about to begin. Just then, the chief of the area, Majdi bin Amr al-Juhani, who held good ties with both parties, stepped in and successfully deterred the conflict. And the battle was narrowly avoided. This expedition is known as the expedition of Hamza bin Abdul Muttalib, may Allah be pleased with him. Hazrat Abu Murthad, may Allah be pleased with him, was also part of this expedition. There is mention in some narrations that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, tied the first flag of Islam and gave it to Hazrat Hamza, may Allah be pleased with him. And during the expedition, this flag of Hazrat Hamza was carried by Hazrat Abu Murthad, may Allah be pleased with him. Then there is mention of Hazrat Salit bin Qais bin Amr, may Allah be pleased with him. Hazrat Salit belonged to the Khazraj tribe who were part of the Ansar, i.e. the residents of Medina. He belonged to the branch of the tribe known as Banu Adi bin Najjar. Hazrat Salit's mother's name was Hazrat Zughayba bin Zurara, who was the sister of Hazrat Asad bin Zurara. It is mentioned in the narration that during the Battle of Badr, Hazrat Salit captured Walid bin Walid, who was the brother of Hazrat Khalid bin Walid, may Allah be pleased with him. During the victory of Makkah, the flag of the Ansari tribe, Banu Ma'zin, was in the hands of Hazrat Salit bin Qais, may Allah be pleased with him. In 13 Hijri, or according to some, the beginning of 14 Hijri, during the caliphate of Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, the incident of the Battle of Jisr occurred. This battle was fought between the Muslims and the Persians in present-day Iraq. The commander of the Muslim army was Abu Ubaidah bin Mas'ud Thaqafi, may Allah be pleased with him. which is why this battle is also called the Battle of Jisr Abu Ubaid as well. There are other names for this battle as well. It is called the Battle of Marouha, named after a place on the western bank of the river Euphrates. It is also called the Battle of Qusun Natif, named after a place on the eastern bank of the Euphrates river, near Kufa. 2,000 Persians were killed during this battle, while according to other narrations, 6,000 Persians were killed. As for the Muslims, according to some narrations, 1,800 Muslims were martyred, whilst according to others, 4,000 Muslims were martyred, among whom 70 were from the Ansar and 22 were from the Muhajireen. Hazrat Salid bin Qais, may Allah be pleased with him, was also one of these martyrs. According to some, the last person to be martyred in this battle was Hazrat Salid bin Qais. According to some historians, his progeny did not continue after him, 
whilst according to other historians, he had a son whose name was Abdullah bin Salit, who has mentioned a narration from his father. Another account states that Hazrat Salit had a daughter whose name was Subayta, and her mother was Hazrat Sukhaila bin Simma. The author of Ustul Ghaba writes that Hazrat Salit's lineage did not continue beyond his children. Abdullah bin Salit bin Qais narrates from his father, Hazrat Salit bin Qais, that there was a garden belonging to a man from the Ansar. Inside this garden, some of the trees belonged to another man from the Ansar. The latter, whose trees were inside the garden, would frequent the garden day and night. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, ordered him to give the dates of those trees which were along the boundary wall of the garden to the Ansari man who owned the garden. Then there is mention of Hazrat Mujazzar bin Ziyad, may Allah be pleased with him. Musa bin Uqba relates that people were of the opinion that Abu Yusr had killed Abu Bakhtari, whereas many others had claimed that Mujazzar had killed him. Hazrat Mujazzar had killed Suwayd bin Samit in the era of ignorance, and this killing instigated the Battle of Bu'ath. Later on, Hazrat Mujazzar, may Allah be pleased with him, and Hazrat Harith bin Suwayd both accepted Islam. However, Hazrat Harith bin Suwayd continued searching for an opportunity to kill Hazrat Mujazzar in order to avenge his father. When the Quraysh turned to launch an attack on the Muslims during the Battle of Uhud, Hazrat Harith bin Suwayd approached from behind him and martyred him by cutting his throat. During the return from the Battle of Hamra al-Asad, Gabriel, peace be upon him, appeared before the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and informed him that Harith bin Suwayd had dishonestly killed Mujazzar bin Ziyad and commanded the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, to kill Harith bin Suwayd as a punishment for killing Mujazzar bin Ziyad. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, went to him on a day when it was extremely hot in Quba. Upon the instructions of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, Hazrat Uwaym bin Sa'ida closed the doors of the Quba mosque and killed Harith bin Suwayd. This is a narration from At-Tabaqat al-Kubra. Then there is mention of Hazrat Rifa'ah bin Rafi' bin Malik bin Ajlan, may Allah be pleased with him. In relation to Hazrat Rifa'ah bin Rafi's acceptance of Islam, it is related by Mu'adh bin Rifa'ah on the account of his father. Hazrat Rifa'ah bin Rafi' and his maternal cousin, Hazrat Mu'adh bin Afra' went forth and reached Makkah. When both of them descended the Thaniya mountain, they saw a person sat under a tree. According to the narrator, this incident took place prior to the six men from the Ansar, i.e. it happened before the first pledge of Aqaba. He says, when they saw this person, they realized it was the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and said they should go to him and leave their goods beside him until they had completed circling the house of Allah. They greeted him as per the custom in the era of ignorance. However, he replied according to the Islamic custom. 
They said that they had heard that a person had claimed to be a prophet in Mecca, but they did not recognize who he was. They asked who he was, and in response he told them to dismount and come closer. They dismounted and asked him where is the person who claimed to be a prophet, and whatever he says, i.e. whatever he professes, is in accordance with his claim. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, replied, I am that very person. Then they asked with regards to Islam, and so the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, taught them about Islam before asking them, Who has created the skies and the earth and the mountains? They answered that Allah Almighty had created them. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, then asked, Who created you? To which they replied that Allah the Almighty did. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, asked, Who created these idols which you worship? They replied that they themselves created them. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, then asked, Who is then worthy of worship, the one who created everything, or the ones which are themselves created? Furthermore, you would be more deserving to be worshipped as you created the idols. He then stated, I call towards the worship of Allah, and to bear testimony that there is no God beside him, and that I am his messenger. I call towards reconciliation in one's relations and to forsake enmity which is the result of the people's injustice. They said, By God, even if what you call towards is false, these are still good matters and excellent morals. Please take care of our camels until we return having circled the house of Allah. Mu'adh bin Afra remained beside the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Rifa'a bin Rafi states, I thus went to circle the house of Allah and then took out seven arrows, one of which was designated for the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. As was their custom, they would take an omen from the arrows to receive reassurance. I then turned my attention to the house of Allah and prayed, O Allah, if what Muhammad is calling towards is the truth, then let his arrow be drawn seven times in a row. I cast lots seven times, and each time his arrow was what emerged. I proclaimed out loud that Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah wa anna Muhammadan Rasulullah. There is no God but Allah, and Muhammad is his messenger. People began to gather around me, saying that he is a Serbi, meaning abandoned their religion. In response, I said, Rather, I deem him to be a believer. The one you speak of is a madman and a sabi. But I replied by saying that he isn't, and I consider him to be a believer. I then went to the higher grounds of Makkah. When Mu'adh saw me, he said, Rifa'a is coming with his face so bright, which was not the case when he left, meaning it was not so illumined prior to reciting the Islamic creed as it is now. I approached them and accepted Islam. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, then taught us Surah Yusuf and Ikra Bismi Rabbika Ladi Khalak before leaving. As Rifa'a bin Rafi relates, I was struck by an arrow during the Battle of Badr, as a result of which I lost my eye. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, applied his saliva to my eye and prayed for me, and as a result, I no longer felt any pain. According to another narration, the arrow did not strike Hazrat Rifa'a bin Rafi, but his father Rafi bin Malik. 
In any case, Allah knows best, and as it were, it resulted in the pain disappearing. Hazrat Rifa'a bin Rafi narrates, Once the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was seated in the mosque, and we were in his company. At this time a man resembling a Bedouin came to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. The man came and offered prayer in a casual manner. Thereafter he turned to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and conveyed salutations of peace. The Holy Prophet replied, Peace be upon you too. Go back and offer prayer again, because you have not offered it. He went to offer prayer once more. He then returned and conveyed salutations of peace to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, again. The Holy Prophet again responded, Peace be upon you too. Return to your place and offer prayer again, because you have not done so. This happened three times over, and every time he would come to the Holy Prophet and convey salutations of peace, upon which the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, would say, Peace be upon you too. Now go back and offer prayer because you have not done so. The people there became worried, and it was burdensome for them to learn that a person who offers a prayer in a light, casual manner has not truly offered prayer. There were companions sitting there who became very fearful and they learned that a prayer offered casually is no prayer at all. The companions thought that they should evaluate themselves as well in this regard. At last the man submitted, Could you demonstrate how to pray and teach me? I am but a human. I try, but I also falter. The Holy Prophet replied in the affirmative and said, When you make the intention to stand up for prayer, perform ablution first as Allah has commanded you. Thereafter, if you know a portion of the Qur'an, recite it. Otherwise, recite Alhamdulillah. All praise belongs to Allah. Allahu Akbar. Allah is the greatest. And La ilaha illallah. There is none worthy of worship except Allah. Then perform the ruku, that is the bowing position, carefully and conscientiously. Thereafter, stand completely straight and then prostrate intently. After that, sit in a consensuous manner. When you have done this, your prayer is complete. If you do anything less than this, then you have deducted that from your prayer. Hazrat Rifa'a bin Rafi' may Allah be pleased with him, narrates that once, while he was in the company of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, he said, A supplicant's prayer is not complete unless he duly performs ablution as Allah the Almighty has ordained. One should wash their face and their hands up until their elbows. One should perform the masah upon their head, that is brushing one's hands over the head, and wash their feet up until their ankles. There is another narration from Hazrat Rifa'a bin Rafi' regarding this incident. He narrates that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated, When you stand up to face the Qibla, say, Allahu Akbar, Allah is the greatest, and recite Surah Al-Fatiha. After that, recite as much of the Qur'an as Allah desires of you. That is, recite as much as you remember or are able to recite. When you bow down in ruku, place both your palms on your knees and keep your back straight. Following this, the Holy Prophet said, When you prostrate, prostrate intently. And when you sit up, support yourself with your right thigh. Next, I will speak about Hazrat Usaid bin Malik bin Rabi'ah. May Allah be pleased with him. Uthman bin Ubaidullah relates that he observed that Abu Usaid dyed his beard yellow. Ibn Ishaq relates that Abu Usaid bin Malik bin Rabi'ah took part in the Battle of Badr. When he lost his vision due to old age, he said, 
if I was at Badr today and my vision was intact, I would show you the valley from which angels would emerge. I have absolutely no doubt about this. Abu Usaid bin Malik bin Rabi'a Sa'adi relates, We were once in the company of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, when a man from Banu Salama came and asked, O Prophet of Allah, am I to treat my parents with kindness even after they have passed away? The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, replied, Yes, you can pray for them and seek repentance for them. You can fulfill their unfulfilled oaths after their passing and treat both their relatives with kindness. You can keep their loved ones attached and respect their friends. By doing so, their souls will be rewarded and they will be granted forgiveness. Malik bin Rabi'a relates, I heard the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, say, O Allah, forgive those who shave their heads. Upon this a person said, And what of those who only trim their hair? After saying this three or four times, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, made the same prayer for those who trim their hair. I had shaved my head that day and I could not be happier, even if I received a red camel or an abundance of wealth. Uthman bin Arkham relates, on the authority of his father, that on the day of the Battle of Badr, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said, Leave the spoils of war you have obtained. Upon this, Abu Usaid al-Sa'di left the sword of Aiz al-Murdaban. Thereafter, Hazrat Arkham picked it up and said, O Prophet of Allah, grant me this sword. Thus, the Holy Prophet, peace blessings of Allah be upon him, granted him the sword. Next, I will speak about Hazrat Abdullah bin Abdul Asad. According to one narration, Muhammad bin Umara states that the first person to migrate to us from Mecca to Medina was Hazrat Abu Salama bin Abdul Asad. He came to Medina on the 10th of Muharram, whereas the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, came to Medina on the 12th of Rabi'ul Al-Awwal. The first Muhajireen, that is the migrant companions, to arrive stayed with Banu Amr bin Auf, and the last Muhajireen to arrive came two months later. Hazrat Umm Salama states that when Hazrat Abu Salama migrated to Medina, he stayed in Quba with Hazrat Mubashir bin Abdul Mundir, may Allah be pleased with him. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, established a bond of brotherhood between Hazrat Abu Salama bin Abdul Asad and Sa'ad bin Khaythama. When a person from the Banu Tay tribe had come to Medina to meet his niece, he informed the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, that Khuwailid's son Tulayha and Salama were going around to their nation and their allies and inciting them to fight against the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. The Holy Prophet summoned Abu Salama, meaning Abdullah bin Abdul Asad, and sent him along with 150 Muhajireen and Ansar in order to put a stop to the Banu Asad. 
The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, had a flag made which he gave to them and also sent the informant who gave the information regarding the Banu Asad along with them as a guide. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, instructed Hazrat Abu Salama, continue to tread forth until you reach the area of Banu Asad and set up camp and attack them before they are able to confront you with their army. Hence, according to these instructions, Hazrat Abu Salama swiftly travelled night and day whilst avoiding the main paths so that he could close in on the Banu Asad before they came to know of their movements. Eventually, they reached a spring at the Banu Asad and attacked their cattle enclosure, as a result of which they captured three of their shepherds while all others fled for their lives. Hazrat Abu Salama divided his army into three battalions. He kept one with him and assigned the other two to different stations. They were able to capture some more camels and sheep. However, they were unable to capture any other people. Thereafter, Abu Salama returned to Medina. This has been taken from Sirat al-Halabiyyah. Amr bin Salama says that Hazrat Abu Salama took part in the battles of Badr and Uhud and Abu Usama Jushami injured him during the battle of Uhud. He struck Hazrat Abu Salama with his spear. Hazrat Abu Salama nursed this wound for a month, after which it apparently got better and the wound healed to the point that no one could recognize it. In the 35th month after Hijrah, that is migration, during Muharram, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, sent an expedition towards Qatan bin Bani Asad. Aniza says that Qatan was a mountain between Najd and Khaybar, to the south of which resided the Banu Asad bin Khuzayma. In any case, they returned after spending more than 10 nights outside of Medina and his wound reopened, resulting in him becoming unwell. He passed away on three Jamadi al-Akhir, four after Hijji. It is narrated by Abu Qilaba that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, went to visit Abu Salama bin Abdul Asad when he was ill. As soon as the Holy Prophet arrived, Abu Salama passed away. The narrator says that upon this, some women said something to which the Holy Prophet stated, Stop, do not pray anything except that which is good for yourselves because angels are present near the deceased body. Or he said, near its relatives, they hear their prayers and say Ameen. Hence, do not pray anything except that which is good. The crying and wailing which is prevalent in our culture in the name of mourning should not take place. Then the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said, O Allah, expand his grave and enlighten it for him, increase his light and forgive his sins. O Allah, elevate his rank among those who are guided. May you be the one to, to care for those he has left behind. Grant forgiveness to us and to him, O Lord of all the worlds. Then he said, When the soul departs, his sight remains. Do you not see his eyes open? The next mention is of Hazrat Khalad bin Rafi al-Zurki, may Allah be pleased with him, who was from the Ansar. Hazrat Khalad bin Rafi was from the Ajlan branch of the Banu Khazraj tribe, from the Ansar. 
His mother's name was Umm Malik bint Ubay bin Malik. The name of Hazrat Khalad's son was Yahya, who was born to Umm Rafi' bint Uthman bin Khalda. It is recorded that all of his children passed away at a young age. As it has already been mentioned, there was a narration about offering prayer. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, told the person two or three times to offer his prayer again. It is recorded in Sahih al-Bukhari on the authority of Azizat Abu Huraira that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, went to the mosque when a person came and offered prayer. Then he greeted the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, to which he responded. Then he told him to return and offer his prayer again. After that, he told him to return again. And then again, saying that he should go and offer the prayer as it was mentioned before. Then the man said, By he who has sent you with the truth, I cannot offer prayer in a manner better than this, so please teach me. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said, When you stand for prayer, say Allahu Akbar, Allah is the greatest, then recite from the Quran what you know, meaning after reciting Surah Al-Fatiha, recite what you can from the Quran, and then bow until you are satisfied, then rise up until you have stood a satisfactory length. Then prostrate until you are content with your prostration. Then rise and sit until you are content. In essence, offer your entire prayer in this manner. Allama ibn Hajar al-Asqalani says that the person with whom this incident took place was al-Khallad bin Rafi' may Allah be pleased with him. The next mention of, is of Hazrat Abbad bin Bishr may Allah be pleased with him. Hazrat Abbad bin Bishr had the opportunity of rendering great services during the Battle of the Ditch as well. Hazrat Umm Salama may Allah be pleased with her relates, I was alongside the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, during the Battle of the Ditch, and there was no instance in which I was separated from him. He would oversee the ditch himself. We were very cold, and I watched him get up and offer prayers in his tent, as much as Allah willed. Then he went out and observed for some time. I then heard him say, These are the riders of the disbelievers who are circling the ditch. Who will see to them? Then he called out, O Abad bin Bishr. As Abad bin Bishr, may Allah be pleased with him, submitted, I am present. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, asked, Is there anyone else with you? He replied, Yes, a few of my friends are with me. We are near your tent. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said, Take your friends and take a round of the ditch. There are some from among the riders of the disbelievers who are circling you and they hope to suddenly attack you when you are unaware. Then the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, prayed, O Allah, keep their evil away from us and grant us your help against them and defeat them. There is none aside from you who can defeat them. Has Abad bin Bishr, may Allah be pleased with him, then left with a few other men and saw that Abu Sufyan was with a few other horse riders and was riding around a very narrow path near the trench. The Muslims who were sat close to the edge of that area had been alerted of his movement and threw stones and shot arrows at them. As Abad bin Bishr relates, we also joined them and shot arrows at them until the idolaters were compelled to move from there and they returned to the camps. I then went to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and found him engaged in prayer. Thereafter, I informed him of the entire incident. Hazrat Umm Salama, may Allah be pleased with her, relates, After this, 
The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, fell asleep and I could hear his breathing and he did not wake up until Hazrat Bilal, may Allah be pleased with him, called the Adhan for Fajr and the light could be seen on the horizon. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, then came outside and led the Muslims in prayer. Hazrat Umm Salama, may Allah be pleased with her, further relates, May Allah the Almighty bestow His mercy upon Abad bin Bishr, for he remained the closest to the tent of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, out of all the companions, and always stood guard. Hazrat Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, relates that there are three companions amongst the Ansar who possess an excellence which is unmatched. They are Hazrat Usaid bin Hudayr, Hazrat Sa'ad bin Mu'ad, and Hazrat Abad bin Bishr, may Allah be pleased with them all. With regards to the change in the Qibla, there is a narration and Hazrat Abad bin Bishr, may Allah be pleased with him, is also mentioned in that. Hazrat Tawailah, may Allah be pleased with her, relates, We were offering the Zuhr or Asr prayer at the Banu Haritha, and we had only read two rakats, that is units of prayer, facing the direction of Bayt al-Maqdas, when someone came and informed us that the direction of the Qibla had changed toward Masjid al-Haram, that is the Kaaba. She further relates, we changed our positions and the men moved towards the ladies' area and vice versa. According to another narration, the one who made this announcement was Hazrat Abad bin Bishr bin Qaidi, may Allah be pleased with him, who belonged to the Banu Haritha tribe. However, according to another narration, this person's name was Abad bin Bishr bin Wahsh, who belonged to the Banu Abdul Ash'al. On the occasion of the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, when Suhail bin Amr came to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, for negotiation whilst representing the Quraysh of Mecca, Hazrat Abad bin Bishr was stood next to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, clad in armour, and with him was another companion, Hazrat Salama bin Aslam, may Allah be pleased with him. During the conversation, when Suhail's voice became louder, Hazrat Abad bin Bishr told him to lower his voice in the presence of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Hazrat Abad bin Bishr, may Allah be pleased with him, always remained at the forefront of every battle. Once Uyayna bin Hisin Fazari, along with a few other horse riders from the Banu Ghattafan tribe, attacked Ghaba, where the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him's camels kept for giving milk would graze. They killed a person who had been appointed to look after them and took his wife and the camels of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, with them. When this news reached Medina, the horse riders began to present themselves before the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. According to the narration, after Hazrat Migdad bin Aswad, Hazrat Abad bin Bishr was the first person to come before the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. This battle is known as the Battle of Qarad, and its details have been mentioned in Sahih al-Bukhari. Yazid bin Abi Ubaid relates that he heard from Hazrat Salama bin Akwa that he said, I left from Medina to go towards Ghaba before the Adhan of the Fajr prayer. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him's camels kept for giving milk, were grazing in the Qarad. He further states, one of the sons of Abdurrahman bin Auf met me on the way and said, they have taken the camels of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. I asked him who has taken them, and he said that it was the people of Ghatafan. Upon hearing this, I loudly exclaimed, 
Ya Sabah, three times and alerted those who were in the stony terrain area of Medina. I then ran ahead until I found those thieves who were about to give water to the animals. I made them a target of my arrows and I was a very skilled archer and whilst doing so I continued to recite the couplet that roused one's passion for battle which are as follows. I am the son of Akwa. Today is the day we shall find out who has been suckled by the wet nurse. I would continue to passionately recite these couplets until I acquired all of the camels kept for giving milk and also seized 30 pieces of garments. He further relates, I was in this very state when the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, arrived along with the other people. I submitted, O Prophet of Allah, I did not allow them to drink water and they are thirsty. Let us send our army towards them. Upon this, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated, O son of Aqwa, you have already overcome them. Thus shows some leniency now. As Aqwa relates, we then returned from there and the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, seated me behind him on his camel and we entered Medina. The next mention is of Hazrat Hatib bin Abi Balta'ah, may Allah be pleased with him. He passed away in 30 Hijri in Medina at the age of 65. Hazrat Uthman, may Allah be pleased with him, led his funeral prayer. In relation to him, it is further written that Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, sent him to Mukokis in Egypt and a treaty was established which both sides adhered to until the conquest of Egypt by Hazrat Amr bin al-As, may Allah be pleased with him. Hazrat Hatib had a very handsome physique and a light beard. His neck would always be lowered and he was of a slightly short height and his fingers were thick and strong. Yaqub bin Utbah relates that upon his demise, Hazrat Hatib bin Abi Balta'a left behind 4,000 dinar and dirhams. He was a trader of wheat, etc., and he left all of his inheritance in Medina. Hazrat Jabir Mi'labi relates that once the servant of Hatib came to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, with a complaint about Hatib. The servant said, O Messenger of Allah, Hatib will most certainly go to hell. Upon this, the Holy Prophet said, You have told a lie. He shall certainly not enter hell because he participated in the Battle of Badr and the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. Hazrat Sa'id bin Musayyib relates that Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, walked past Hazrat Hatib bin Abi Balta'a and he was selling raisins. Hazrat Umar said, either raise the prices or leave this market. He further writes, there is a narration of Hazrat Imam Shafi'i mentioned by Muhammad bin Qasim who says, Hazrat Umar once passed by Hazrat Hatib in the main market who had two baskets full of raisins. Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, asked him the rate at which he was selling, to which he replied, two mud, that is unit of measure, for one dirham. Hazrat Umar said, I have been informed about a caravan coming from Ta'if that they trust your rate. Either you should increase your rate or stay at home and sell as you please. Thus, when Hazrat Umar came home and deliberated over the matter, he decided to visit Hazrat Hatib in his home and said, Whatever I said to you earlier was not an order, nor a decision on my part. I said it for the benefit of the citizens. You may sell wherever you please and at whatever rate you wish to. In this regard, Hazrat Muslim, may Allah be pleased with him, writes, Since the time of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, the Islamic government in Medina has had control over the prices of goods. Hence, in one hadith, 
We read that Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, was walking through a market in Medina and saw that a man named Hatib bin Abi Balta'a, may Allah be pleased with him, had two sacks of dried grapes. Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, asked about the rates to which he replied, two mud for one dirham. This rate was lower and cheaper than the average rate in the market. So Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, ordered him to sell them at his home, as it was very cheap and would not allow him to sell at such low rates in the market, as this would disrupt the rate of the market and the people will begin harbouring ill thoughts and doubts about the vendors. Hazrat Muslim, may Allah be pleased with him, further writes, the Islamic jurists have greatly debated about this topic. Some have presented such narrations where later on Hazrat Umar changed his mind on what he previously believed. But whatever the case may be, the scholars have accepted Hazrat Umar's view as a principle to be practiced upon and they have written that it is the duty of the Islamic government to set the rates of the markets. Otherwise, there will be a change in the morals and integrity of the people. But one should always bear in mind that only those commodities are mentioned which are brought to the market and sold openly. Those goods which are not brought to the market and sold on an individual basis are not mentioned here. Thus, with regard to those goods which are brought to the market and sold, the clear Islamic injunction is that the rate should be determined in order to prevent the vendors from increasing and lowering the prices. Furthermore, the scholars have written some narrations and a hadith which give support to this. Otherwise, people compete with one another and set prices in a way that would harm others. Therefore, there should be one set rate. In five after Hijri, on the return from the battle of Banu Muslik, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, passed by Nukri, which was a vast plain with greenery and lots of water wells. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, asked about the water level in the wells, to which the Holy Prophet was informed that whenever they praise the wells, the water level drops and water becomes scarce. Upon this, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, ordered Hazrat Hatib bin Abi Balta'a to dig a well. He also instructed for Nuki to be turned into a grazing ground and appointed Hazrat Bilal bin Harith Muzani to oversee it. Hazrat Bilal asked, O Messenger of Allah, how much area ought to be designated for the pasture? The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, replied, At the break of dawn, ensure a person with a loud voice, the sound of the person travels further in the night. For this reason, he said, after the sun has risen, Make him stand on the mount named Mukammal, and as far as his sound reaches, mark that out as the pasture for the horses and camels of the Muslims that will be used for jihad, i.e. the camels and horses that the Muslims used for jihad would graze there. Hazrat Bilal asked the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, O Messenger of Allah, what about the other grazing animals of the Muslims, i.e. what his command was regarding the other animals of the Muslims. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, replied, they will not enter here. Only the animals that will be used in jihad will graze from here. The rest will graze in their own areas. Hazrat Bilal asked, O Messenger of Allah, what about those men and women who have a small amount of sheep or goats but are too frail to take them away? The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, replied, aside from them, they are permitted i.e. to permit the animals of the poor and weak to graze from there.
There is a narration which has been mentioned previously as well in which a man from the Ansar had a dispute with Hazrat Zubair regarding the stream at Harra, which was used to irrigate the date palm trees. The Ansari companion said to Hazrat Zubair, may Allah be pleased with him, to allow water to flow towards his area, but Hazrat Zubair refused to do so. Both of them presented the dispute before the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, to which he said, Zubair, water your trees and leave the rest of the water for your neighbour. The Ansari companion was displeased with this response and said, O Messenger of Allah, you have issued this verdict only because he is your cousin. Upon hearing this, the expression of the blessed countenance of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, changed and he said to Hazrat Zubair, control the flow of water so it only irrigates up to the coping of your boundary. Hazrat Zubair narrates, by Allah, I believe the following verse is revealed on this occasion. By thy Lord, they are not believers until they make thee judge in all that is in dispute between them. This is a narration from Sahih al-Bukhari. The tafasir, that is the commentaries of the Qur'an, differ with regards to the identity of the Ansari companion. Tafsir Qurtubi mentions a narration from Makki and Nuhas that the Ansari companion was Hatib bin Abi Balta'a. These were the companions that were to be mentioned today. There are some narrations still remaining which will be mentioned in future, God willing. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Nahmadu, and a Sainu, and a Safiru, and a Minobi, and a Tokalole, and a Ozobillah, him in Shurim, and a Ozobillah, him in Shurim, for Sena, Omin Sayyatia, من يعده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله ونشهد أن محمدا نبدو ورسوله عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل واللسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعزكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم ودوه يستجب لكم ولا ذكر الله أكبر